Hey, let's check in with the chief of police, Mr. Kenny, uh, Chief Kenny Winslow, joining us on the Ray Lotto Morning Show. Hey, Kenny. Hey, good morning, Ray. How's it going? How are you? I, I got a couple questions for you with the whole shelter-in-place thing. Uh-huh. What does it mean for policing? Uh, what does it mean for you guys, um, you know, out there trying to keep us safe and uh, and do your jobs? What is uh, What does the shelter-in-place order mean for you? Well, really, you know, when people look at this, it's about keeping people home and creating that social distancing that the government and the medical professionals that keep preaching about. Uh, for us, you know, it's a matter of us still having to go out and do our job, but also have to address this issue as well. And we had several complaints over the weekend, and with that, you know, I think more than anything, it's an educational tool. A lot of people are calling about questions about small businesses. If I do this, am I essential? If I'm not essential? Some people want to change their business plan to try to uh, become essential. And those are some of the things we're dealing with. And uh, with that, you know, we are monitoring those ones we get complaints on. If we get a complaint, we will come to your business and we will get, deliver a notice to you, as well as a copy of the order and an educational purpose to try to get you to comply. Because that's all this is about. It's about compliance. And again, some people just aren't aware of it. Um, I think now most people probably are. So I don't think there's going to be a lot of issues for us moving forward. Again, you know, if we do get a complaint, we do address it. Hey, Chief, real quick, one quick. I'm going to bolt out of here in a moment, but have you had to shut down any parties? Have you had to shut down any picnics? Have you had to shut down any gatherings of 10 or more that are outside of the essential or even non-essential businesses? No, not that I'm aware of. Uh, again, you know, we did get some emails over the weekends with questions about house parties, social gatherings, that kind of thing. And we sent those uh, responses back as an educational purpose, but no complaints as far as I am aware of. Most of the people seem to be taking it seriously and be complying with the order, which is what we're asking for. Now, say say we're, like, I don't know if you heard the story out of Nashville. Uh, Kid Rock co-owns a bar with a guy, and they were, their city, the mayor did a, a thing where he he was closed down the bars and restaurants. And uh, these guys said, no, we're not closing down. Thank you, but no thanks. We're not closing down. Um, if something like that were to happen in Springfield, would you have to, I mean, if, if you found out that there was a bar that was operating and was in a nightclub and wasn't shutting down, what, what, what do you guys do in that situation? Well, basically, officers would respond. What we would do at that point in time, we would probably get a hold of public health, have the public health director come out and issue them an order to uh, cease and desist and take the further action upon that with the guidance of the state's attorney's office. So, again, I don't think we're going to ever get to that point. Most people seem to be abiding here in our community. Uh, but, again, it's something that if it does occur, we will have to address it. Who, who gets arrested in that case, though? Do you go after the owner of the business? I mean, I, I just don't know. Well, we're trying to be proactive on this. When the first uh, wave came through with the accuracy limits, et cetera, the first thing we did is we drafted a letter with the assistance of our corporation counsel, and we sent it out via uh, our licensing and businessing uh, office. So everybody who has a liquor license or a restaurant license was sent that letter. Now, there are administrative uh, things that could occur if somebody did not comply, you know, such as their license could be in jeopardy. So where they could face a suspension, et cetera. But again, you know, I don't think we're ever going to get to that. Most of the people we have talked to have overwhelmingly um, uh, complied. Now, we've had some good questions. Uh, you know, I had a question the other day, referenced a, uh, a furniture store that was trying to repurpose to do some other businesses. And we've had some of those that we've had to address where they were kind of in the gray. And then the governor's office came out with some clarity yesterday on a couple of those, one of those being car lots. 
you know, initially people were like, oh, you can sell a car, that's essential. Uh, but really what the intent of the order was is for car repairs. It was car repairs. So a car lot can stay open if they have a repair shop. And you can go purchase a vehicle by appointment only, but the showroom has to be shut down. So there are some things out there that, uh, you know, some things are being addressed. And here's the thing. We're not the... Uh, decider of what's essential versus non-essential. That's what we keep stressing to our officers. That's not our job. Uh, I think everybody's probably heard about the game stops across the nation and what's been going there. We got to uh, yeah. well, explain. Yeah. Explain what the game stops were doing. Well, it's my understanding that their corporate office is saying that they are essential business. Uh, again, that's one. If, if it's in the gray like that, we're not going to get in the middle of it. Basically, what we do is we refer them to the uh, Department of Economic Development. An opportunity hotline. There's called the essential business hotline that people can call. Okay. And they can uh, they can express their their concerns there whether they should be essential or not essential. That's not the police department's job. What we'll do is we'll issue the notice and we'll go forward and take the steps as we go. Uh, but there's others, you know, that some have claimed, you know, well, I sell. I'm open for this reason, but I have, you know, I sell this item here, which makes me essential. And you know, we've got some clarity on that, and that was some of that had to do with CBD oil and that kind of stuff, whether it was medication, whether it was essential. So we got some clarification from the governor's office yesterday on that as well. So there's a lot of resources out there, a lot of uh, FAQs out there. Some are posted on our social media and the city's website. I've been referring all my friends and family to the uh, city's website that Julia Forever uh, maintains. It's a very good resource. Also, IDPH's website is very good as well as Memorial. So there's a lot of resources out there. and. Uh, People just need to educate themselves, and I think for the most part, most people are abiding, um, and that's what we're asking them to do, you know. So I know the parks put in some uh, things in place over the weekend, which I think will help a little bit. You know, the thing is we got to take this seriously. Uh, it's something that we've never seen in our lifetime, and hopefully we never see again. But we have to take it serious so we can get through this this crisis. We're talking to uh, Chief of Police Kenny Winslow. Uh, what, let me ask this question to you. Um, say there's someone, and I, and I saw that this was happening, I want to say in Boston, something like that. Um, say that someone is sick. They have COVID-19, and uh, there's a whole quarantine. If you're sick, you're supposed to stay home and try to get better. So, What if a person says, nah, I'm going out? I don't care what anybody says, I'm going out. What it, Are the police involved? Would the police be involved in any of that? Or is that something well, that the county would do? Who would, if someone's sick and they've got COVID and they're out in public, uh, who is the one that has to go and say, listen, you're going home? Who does that? So typically, uh, due to HIPAA laws, we're not notified who has COVID. Okay. Right. So, uh, and that's one of our concerns as first responders, you know. So, uh, with that said, they are monitored by the public health department, the local public health department. So, for us, it would be Sagamon County Department of Public Health. They would monitor their actions if somebody is placed on isolation in their home. And there's a difference between isolation and quarantine. A lot of people get that confused. So if somebody is tested positive, they're placed in isolation in their home, meaning they're not free to leave, and they shouldn't leave except for medical attention. Uh, so with that, they are monitored by public health. Public health gives them the guidelines at the beginning. They monitor them. Uh, if they're not complying with that order, then there are options that public health can take, uh, which may include our involvement it may not it just depends you know i mean they could eventually do what they call forcible isolation if it ever got to that you know i don't ever think it's going to i mean most people want to just uh, get over the well, yeah most oh, they don't want to attack people but i'm not aware of anything like that occurring in our county and, i mean would uh, that would that I, be the, you, the city police like you guys or would that be something that the county uh would have to handle like i'm just wondering who would in that a scenario who would end up being the uh the officers uh that do that 
I think it would depend on whose jurisdiction it was. So if it was in the county, it would probably be the county. If it was us, it would probably be us. With this, Obviously, we would be in an assisting role for the uh, Sacramento County Department of Public Health. Because, I mean, think about it. There would, For a start, it had to be somebody who's mentally unbalanced to do that. I would, I would think that most people that are sick are just, you know, going to be in the hospital or home. It would take someone who has some kind of mental illness to insist on being out in public sick and... Uh, that's a, I mean, that's a new one, right? Well, that, that's definitely a concern. That's one of those cases we've all discussed. Uh, you know, uh, we do have an incident management team here in Saginaw County. Uh, we're briefed every day. We have meetings every day regarding the uh, ongoings and the evolution of this pandemic. Uh, and we all take the, try to take the appropriate actions. Again, that is one of the, uh, we try to outline what is the next step, what is a worst case scenario, and that is one of those worst case scenarios. So. Uh, you know, I pray to the Lord we don't ever get that, and I don't think we will. The How people in this county are pretty responsible. Are the police, are you guys, uh, what kind of precautions are you taking for your officers who are out dealing with the public every day? Well, our officers have uh, the appropriate PPE. Uh, obviously, like everybody, there's a need for more. We've asked for more. We submitted a request to the uh, Sagamon County Office of Emergency Management for additional supplies and PPE for our officers, not knowing how long this pandemic is going to go for. Uh, but we have a uh, ample supply for right now, but it could easily run out if things turn bad. So obviously we're hoping that the uh, IEMA and the federal government come through with some of those supplies for us. Uh, with our officers, you know, it's education. It's the same thing you guys are talking about. It's proper hygiene. It's keep, uh, trying to maintain that social distances. Uh, you know, we are, uh, you know, trying to make sure we're trying to do things more remotely. So a lot of calls are referred to the desk now where before we would send an officer out if it's a nonviolent misdemeanor crime, uh, you may take it over the phone. Uh, additionally, officers are calling the residents before they uh, get there, trying to get as much information as they can over the phone prior to uh, meeting with them. If they don't have to be with them, they won't. You know, if they can do it all over the phone, they will. Uh, you know, with technology, you know, we can send out links to have videos and photos uploaded, that kind of thing. So those are some kind of, kind of some of the things we're doing as far as that. Additionally, you know, we don't host uh, all of our squadrons and everything are done virtually now. There's no coming to the station for that uh, uh, every shift morning or beginning of every shift roundup where everybody got to get together, have a little bit of uh, social interaction, and just, you know, a little fun to kick the day off, you know, and then talk about what we're going to do that day. All that's done virtually now via our MDCs, et cetera. What, is, there a, is there a procedure in place, God forbid, we get an officer uh, who gets sick? Have you guys, I don't even know if they've outlined that or not, have you guys come up with a full procedure like, in the worst case scenario, we would do this? Yeah, so we have different uh, uh, levels of response for that kind of thing. So if an officer comes into contact with someone he believes could be or may have COVID-19, the first thing they're going to do is they're going to isolate themselves into their squad car, and they'll get a hold of their supervisor, and in consultation with the Department of Public Health, they'll take the appropriate actions and steps going forward. So we do have that. Obviously, uh, you know, as far as somebody coming to the station, same thing. We've got stuff laid out for everybody. Uh, the biggest thing is to isolate yourself initially, and then let's call and get the appropriate guidance going forward. You don't want people just showing up at the hospital. Obviously, they think that there's ways we can handle this without trying to contaminate other areas. Um, you know, and the big thing for everybody is just taking the appropriate precautions. And, you know, law enforcement is not unlike other businesses out there, organizations out there. You know, uh, there are members in our, our community that has, you know, um, been quarantined, et cetera. You know, I got three off right now who, as a precaution, are off. 
because of potentially uh, symptoms, et cetera, you know. So, but nobody's tested positive, and you know, somebody may have came from a high risk area, that kind of thing. So, again, all of our officers are being responsible. They're doing the right things. You know, we're in contact with the uh, HR as well as public health about how to maintain, and how to move forward with that. You, you said that three officers are 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 at home are right now. Uh, they've been tested and they're waiting for results. No, none of my officers have been tested. Oh, okay. They haven't shown like, any kind of. They haven't shown the symptoms to get tested, okay. but they they may have been in contact with somebody who potentially oh, had. Oh, okay. So, so they're or, just in or, case, in case they show symptoms, they're off. Correct, where they're showing symptoms of flu-like symptoms, and okay. they're not allowed to, you know, as a precaution, they're staying home. So right, now I get it. Uh, again, but none of my officers have been tested. Uh, but again, you know, that's the kind of thing we're dealing with, and we're not like any, uh, any other organization. So as this pandemic rolls on, you know, there's things that you have to plan two and three weeks out. You yeah. know, if, if the National Guard gets activated, how many of my members are going to get activated? I would have a large contingency of officers who serve. That's so, true, and, yeah. pr- and, pr- and probably do so. But, you know, uh, they serve every day working for us, and we need those bodies. So, again, it's one of those things that we just have to plan for what may come. Is that your way of telling me that you're going to call some kind of citizen brigade up and I should be prepared? <laughs> never know what might happen, Rick. <laughs> it is, I'm telling you, we live in, these are weird times. I mean, we li- we've we never dealt with this before. And, uh, no, we're, we're definitely in unprecedented times. And, uh, you know, I get a lot of strange questions about, you know, are we stopping people who are driving uh, just to check where they're going to make sure they're essentially going somewhere? No, we're not doing that. Uh, if you're stopped by an officer, obviously you're stopped for probable cause. Uh, we're not stopping people just to say, hey, are you going to work or where are you going? Uh, that was one of the concerns that came across, you know, the other day from several people. No, that's not what we're doing. And hopefully in this country we have a lot of rights and freedoms that we never get to yeah, that stage. Sure. I'll tell you, it's really it's crazy. I think you guys are doing great work, Kenny, and I appreciate you jumping on with us. I know you have daily meetings. Uh, I hope they're not a drag. I hope you guys are, are learning from stuff. And uh, I just hope that the police aren't being too inconvenienced to get us all through this. No, and again, the thing I would ask from the public out there is please comply with the order. Uh, I know it's an inconvenience. It's a change of all of our ways of life. Uh, believe me, my officers don't get to go to the gym right now. I mean, a lot of them like to hit the gym and work mm-hmm. out. And, you know, and so oh, we, even closed our, we even closed our internal gym for right now out of precautions. So. Again, you know, everybody's inconvenienced with this. Uh, you know, they're taking, th- they're doing things that the normal person probably doesn't do. You know, uh, their loved ones are making them strip down in their freaking garage and throw their uniforms into the wash since they walk in and, de- and decon themselves before they ever come in out of precautions. And that's not the wrong thing to do. And in fact, it's, it's probably a smart thing to do. So, again, not saying that's what you have to do, but, you know, they're, they're doing things and stuff that the normal people aren't doing, you know. And uh, the thing I would ask for everybody, if you do have somebody in your home, who is uh, potentially showing flu-like symptoms or, you know, has been tested or has COVID or is being tested for COVID, that if you do have to call 911, please let that information, please pass that information to our dispatch center so we can get that information to our officers and they'll show up in the appropriate PPE, you know. So when they show up, they may be wearing a mask, they may be wearing goggles, they may be wearing gloves. And don't take that as a uh, an insult or anything. It's just about trying to keep everybody safe, including the officers and the citizens. Listen, I appreciate you jumping on, Kenny. I, I know it's a busy time for you. Uh, I appreciate I just want to be clear. The three officers that you have home, you're just waiting to see if any symptoms happen. Nobody's been tested or any of that stuff. No, no. No one's been tested. They had flu-like symptoms or they traveled from a high-risk area. Okay. Or, you know, they had potentially contact with somebody who may have 
uh, been uh, tested or potentially be COVID-19. So, no. Again, it's about keeping everybody safe, and that's the way the city's taking that approach as well as most organizations are. It's better to be safe than sorry, so that's kind of what we're doing. Thanks a lot. Uh, Police Chief Kenny Winslow joining us on the Ray Lotto Morning Show. Thanks, partner. Thanks, partner. Thank you.